once again to the Talking Bullets podcast brought to you by TalkingBullets.co.uk. We're up to a quarter of a century and to celebrate that, Mez is currently lying flat down on his bed because he's got a headache. Bless him. I'm sure we all feel really bad for him. It's either that... Is that, is that why he's lying down? I think that's just his yes. go-to pose. It's either it has that... nothing to do with the result from or, today. Well, yeah. We, we speak every week about Arsenal, so I was going to try and not talk about Arsenal this week. We kind of have to because of the depression that Wenger and his team are putting on everybody. We want to have a talk about ticket prices as well with the new ruling coming in. And I'm sure Poise is going to say something outrageous about that. But also, a slightly different in-depth championship review because something is, something is going on at Middlesbrough and no one is too sure what. So we're going to speculate on it. But I want to start us off with the FA Cup because that's obviously the latest round has gone on today. Rogers, uh, United drawing with West Ham, fair result, you think? Really? Yeah, I think it, I think it was a fair result, to be honest. Um, we we just look so like we're playing Fellaini centre midfield. He went off, and we looked infinitely better. <laughs> so as soon as he went off, we started to, to actually put some moves together. It just slows it so far down. We we break with three fast players, so we break with. Martial, and we break with Lingard, and we break with Rashford, and they all look around and can't see anybody else because there's no one else there. They're all staying at the back. Do you think so frustrating? If again the Rooney debate, if Rooney was fit, do you think you'd look even worse because there's even less pace up front? Well, maybe. It's Good answer. Quite, quite possible. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only person who is trying to keep up is Herrera. Um, but then, I mean, Schweinsteiger actually came on and played pretty well. Actually, how took things over. He, he, he had a great assist. Martial scored, he, didn't he? Uh, Martial scored, Herrera crossed it, Schweinsteiger took up the goalie. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. I, when he came on, I was like, great, here we go. We need a goal to bring on defensive midfielder. But actually, he did make a good impact. Was actually, that... he impacted Randolph into <laughs> yeah. the back of the net. <laughs> but is that because... He was being judged against Fellaini, so he was in, he was going to look better anyway. The thing that made me laugh, though, was when that goal went in, Darren Randolph was about three yards behind the line, and he literally tried to jump and claw it out of the air so that no one could actually get to him. But the ball was already about two foot behind the line, mate. What are you doing? There's no point even trying. Yeah, well, he's, he's got to be seen to be going for it, hasn't he? Carson, did you see any of the Chelsea games? Yes. I watched... I watched uh, I watched about 84 minutes of the Chelsea game. So, following that game, and bearing in mind you were quite scathing about Diego Costa last time, what are your thoughts on Diego Costa now? Well, what was the first part you had? What were you accusing me of? Well, previously on this podcast, you've called Diego Costa a okay. cancer. <laughs> was I wrong? <laughs> I walked into in the pub about nine minutes late after kickoff. I walked in and immediately I see Costa doing something ridiculous as usual, up in somebody's face, being incredibly aggressive at Michael Oliver. And I just said it. I was like, he's going to get sent off this game. And I just walked in. And that was like the 10th <laughs> minute. And you see him, and it was and actually, that was maybe it was a little later when that happened. But um, I walked in and just immediately knew. But he, he found Gareth Berry which was going on all game long, and we'll speak more about how that goes a little later, but spins around, catches Barry in the nose, Barry's laying down on the ground, grasping his nose, I'm just like, Costa's going to get sent off. Sure enough, there's the first yellow. And it's, it, it, it does, I feel completely justified in what I've talked about all season long. It's the way the guy plays, 
the attitude he has. Yes, he scored the goal that could have potentially got us, kept us in against PSG, but I still just, I, at no point was I celebrating him being on my team. I think, uh, well, over here, Stan Collymore is a, a pundit on TalkSport, like the sports radio station, and he summed up Diego Costa the best when he just said that he can't be a, a, a team like Chelsea next season because he's a liability. Well, hopefully, I mean, even though Barry dismisses the claim that he was bitten, even Barry said he didn't bite him, but hopefully there's enough evidence there for at least to open the door for him to get booted out this summer. I just, I don't want him a part of the club that I support. I hate seeing players like that. I don't like that in any sport. It's maybe... The thing is, if he wasn't buying him, he was obviously passionately kissing him. Because that's the only other thing you would be doing in that area. <laughs> I mean, you better at least have a hickey. <laughs> yeah. So, what, what other reason was he having? He's a cretin. That's the only way to describe him, <laughs> as my maple larkin would. He is an absolute cretin, and he does not belong in this country as a footballer. Uh, Gareth Barry to... can't escape criticism, though, because for him, it must have been, like, job done. I've wound Costa up enough to get him sent off. Costa's off exactly. the pitch, so he goes and kicks Fabregas. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. He knew exactly what he was doing, Barry. Yeah, like, Everton like... knew exactly what they were doing coming into it. Like, it's... It's PSG and Everton. I, I said it earlier this week when I was watching that awful Champions League game. I said it's always Everton and PSG that just know how to get to Chelsea, not just Costa, to Chelsea. It's always just a cracker of a game. It's extremely aggressive. There's cheap shots, bad calls. And it's Everton just knows how to wind not only Costa but Chelsea up. And it was game, set, and match. They went in with a game plan, and they executed it perfectly. I mean, not to, I mean, yeah. not, not to withstand and not, not say that Gareth Barry got sent off not even two or three minutes after Costa did for something else. So, <laughs> but uh, just, to bring up, uh, just to bring up old old news, but uh, you're not liking Diego Costa. I bet you would like Romelu Lukaku. Though, you? I was just going to switch to that because oh, Lukaku's okay, goal keep, was something else, wasn't it? I keep calling him the one that got away. Yeah, great that was, Buffalo. That, yeah, I don't know that we'll ever get over the regret of, of selling him to Everton. It was a great business deal. at the time. It made sense. It was great. He was never. He wasn't really breaking into the club. We had strikers there still. We, had, we still had Drogba. We brought in a couple people, and it made sense. Everton needed a striker. They'd taken good care of him over there on loan, and I thought it was a great business deal. I'm kicking myself, and I hope the entire boardroom is kicking themselves. Was that, was that a Mourinho decision to sell Lukaku, or no, was that before Mourinho? I want to say that was either Benitez or Di Matteo. I don't think it was Mourinho. That's, Mourinho's first summer transfer window with them, they let him go. That's, oh, you're right, it was the very first, when he first... Yeah. In, uh, but is it, gonna be, is it really a Mourinho decision, or is it probably an Abramovich decision, something like that? Yeah, but is um, that well, a failing of Mourinho to let someone like Lukaku go? I'm going to say yes, because retrospectively, I was, uh, I was talking to another Chelsea fan, sitting with me watching that game, talking about players that we let go, and there, there were a couple names that that came up within the, this last Mourinho period. I mean, Andre Schurler is one of them. I still would have loved to have him, you know, as a rotation player to come in off the bench and say, and the way that we see Pedro come in sometimes, or even Oscar now, there's a lot of pace that we're missing on the wings. And yeah, to let, uh, 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 we, I mean, we knew he had potential, uh, Lukaku. We knew the aggressiveness. His hold-up play is amazing. He, he almost had the same kind of problems that Benteke still has in that, Getting getting him the ball with his back to goal, he struggles to turn it and do anything with it. But now, Lukaku is completely broken free of that and is not afraid to charge in the box with the ball and just just slam it home. I mean, I knew the goals he scored this week were the type of goals that as soon as he even approached the area, 
you could see the pace he had and the way he was dribbling, the moves he was making, like he's going to score. Like it was like the goal you knew was coming before he still had two or three guys to beat. It was, yeah. it's insane and it hurts. It's almost like Lukaku has just realized how good and how big he is. What's the aggressiveness we need? Yeah. Good. Poison? Chelsea's season is over, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's, it's, there's we have nothing to play for. Well, and no. One player in January transfer window, Pato, your season's over, and he hasn't even played for you. <laughs> what a fucking that was. Great bit of business. He's is probably, it really made, that surprising? Couple, his agent's probably made a couple of million out of it. He's getting a good bit of cash in his pocket as well. It's what a mistake that was. And he's only there till the end of the, the, end of the season. He's never going to break in. I don't, I don't see – that was – there's there's been a, a couple what-the-hell, you know, trans – I mean, buys that have come through in the past couple seasons. Bob Roman was another what-the-hell transfer <laughs> for me. But um, um, we – okay, this is me being an incredibly hopeless optimist here, but if we win the rest of our games this season, we can't get into a Europa, Europa League at best, but we do stand a shot at making a European competition next year. It's not going to be Champions League, but – we could very well break into the top five, top six if we win. Carson, this is um, this is what it feels like to be an Arsenal fan every year. Have <laughs> you season over by uh, Mark? Uh, I, I feel like it isn't though, because we still got some things in the past decade that you haven't. I mean, <laughs> we're the only, we, we did win the Champions League within the past four seasons. It hasn't been that long, has it? But uh, you know, when's the last time Arsenal won the league? 2002. We won last, we won last hey, year. We won last year. We won last year. We, less than 12 months ago. <laughs> so I'm not, yeah. I'm not even going to accept that from you. Mez. And, 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 and we change our managers when there's problems. Mez, we're not Di Matteo, spend... though, for you as a Chelsea manager, has won more Champions League than Wenger. So that is a bit of a big thing. That's a fair point. Mez, we're not going to spend too long on it, but can you sum up how you feel about Wenger and his Arsenal team now? rubbish um i mean i don't know what's happened well i do know what's happened we've we've basically stagnated for the last Ten three years? or four years <laughs> um you stagnated the last three or four years you didn't win everything for eight you've awoken the rogers we're just awful like it's just it's not even I'm a broken man. I just, I've just completely just lost all hope, faith, every, anything. You still win a chance of winning the league. Just, just move on. Yeah, you're only what sort six out. points behind Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, a scary. Right, no, you know, well, there's no progress. Won the league. You yeah, they cup for the last two years, and this year was meant to be your big year when all the other big teams are failing to win the league, but you still haven't. Well, it's just every year no. they say that, don't they? It's Arsenal's, it's Arsenal's year this year. And every year they get to March and then they blow it. Although this year it just so happens that their March slump started in February. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, out of the FA Cup this weekend, out of the Champions League on Wednesday. So, do you yeah. think Wenger play the kids again? But, no, but, nothing, the but, nothing, but nothing will change because it's... It's fundamentally with with Arsenal. It's a, it's an issue with the way that the clubs run. There's no um, there's no determination from the people that are in charge of the club, like at a boardroom level. I mean, Stan Kroenke came out this week and 
you know, just said some rubbish about, you know, that he wouldn't, that he can't see us being able to invest on the same level as Man City and Chelsea. So, you know, if your own owners aren't going to be well, willing no, to invest yeah, the money that's, to... that's irrelevant. That is irrelevant. Look, at, look at the Leicester model. But the flip side is we've been told that Wenger's got all this money to spend and he's not doing it. So forget that for a start. Yeah, and also you say, oh, we haven't got the money to spend the Man City and the Chelsea funds. How much was those no, Sanchez? Have. No, but we have. That's like, a great this point. is what I'm saying. Like, we've got the money, but the board and Wenger won't spend it. Like, they are both. They are. They spend, where we are. They spend hundreds of millions. We, we bought. You, you, you have the best squad, arguably, in the Premier League, but your manager at the moment cannot manage them to be the best team in the league. Well, yeah, he hasn't instilled that winning... Well, he's an expert in failure, isn't he? Confidence. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's still got his job, but, you know. Right, we're not <laughs> yeah, going to talk... Yeah, out, why right, not? We're not going to talk much more on it, because every week we talk about Arsenal. Uh, I forgot to mention, actually, that I want to get people's opinions on Benitez going to Newcastle. Now, Rogers is obviously being a lover of Liverpool and on all the trophies they've won in their history. We'll start off with Rogers' thoughts on it. I actually don't dislike Rafa, yeah. as surprising as that sounds. <laughs> um, I think he's actually all right. Yeah, you know what? He's uh, one of those. I don't understand why Chelsea fans have such hatred for him because he said something. Yeah, said something. Because he was supposed like to be the answer to Torres not producing. He was supposed to come in and magically fix Torres, and it didn't happen. Big surprise. That's you why Chelsea hates Rafa. So they hate Rafa. Wait, wait, wait. So they, they hate Rafa because of that but they can't accept the fact that he delivered the Europa League to them. <laughs> Here's a European Ooh, trophy. trophy. Here's a European trophy, but we still hate you. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm really, really glad you guys have shown your true colours. Yeah, you you keep you, worshipping John Terry. You know, what team, you know what team you're talking about, right? It yeah. should make perfect sense. <laughs> it's just one of those... I can't, I can't think of the word for it right now, but before the buyout, where well, with let's, Chelsea? Let's but they've got the sheer <laughs> gore to pile all the hatred on Rafa Benitez who, for saying something daft, and they'll tell me a manager who hasn't, um, Mourinho well, pokes no, someone else in the eye, up. for goodness sake, and they love him. And he delivers a European trophy for them that they've never won before, and they still don't like him. It was the yeah. Europa League. Nobody cares about the Europa League. You're not even, even going to be in the Europa in League next year. Don't you care about the Europa, Europa League. League next. That Europa League that you hate so much, you're not going to qualify for it next year. <laughs> I hope we don't. You know why? Because all it does is add a bunch of games with extremely long travel schedules to obscure cities in Eastern Europe that nobody goes to anyway. Didums. If you and want to avoid it, it qualify for the Champions League. If you're not good enough to get in the Champions League, get over yourselves. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, I'm all for a year without European competition. We need to fix the home front. We need to fix our club at home. We need to work on the league. We're an embarrassment right now. Said like a, a, said like a true league. Donald Trump supporter. Let's fix it out at home. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Let's make Chelsea great again. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord. So back, back to Rafa. Um, yeah, back, who's, who's next for the Rafa? Yo, you can go. Well, now that you've taken a mouthful yeah, of okay. cake. Okay. Coca-Cola. So I guess I will. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, um, I just don't think it makes sense. I don't really dislike Rafa as a manager as not as he's not managing Chelsea. I don't have a problem with him coming back to the league. I just don't think it makes sense. Newcastle is like, it's not even like, 
I mean, you can't even polish that turd. There's nothing there to work with. Which might be a good thing. I mean, I guess he could just come in and clear house as far as the squad goes, bring in a whole new, like, set of players. Because think about it. There is nothing but, there to work with. But I don't know if he can Tell do me what that. he's got. To... Like, I don't know if he can even clear them up. Because if he, he's, there's, what, 10 games left? Or however many yeah. left for Newcastle. He can't clear them out and get, like, a new... I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, they're not. They're, for Newcastle. They're probably not even going to be in the league next year. Yeah. Like, Newcastle have got good players. They have got a good squad there that shouldn't be relegated. Their squad is much better than Norwich, much better than Swansea, much better than Palace. Watford and Bournemouth are probably too far away. Be specific. Uh, be specific. Tell me these quality players. I want names. I'm just I think, I think, uh, I think Wayne Nowadom's a decent player. I think if he gets Sissoko playing well, he's proven that against Chelsea, that Sissoko is a decent player if you get him to play. Shelby's a pretty good player. <laughs> oh, man, I totally forgot he got transferred there. You got, <laughs> so you, you, got, got, you got Mitrovic <laughs> and Perez, who are decent. The thing that I don't think... I think it's hurt Newcastle, when speaking about good players, they've lost one of their best players for the whole season. And I think this has hurt them a lot, and that's Tim Krull. I think they've got over time. But Tim Krul's been out for most of the season for them, and he he is a good goalkeeper. And that's where their problems have been. They've been conceding goals. Their defence has been a mess. And at one point, didn't they have to go down to like their fourth-choice goalkeeper? Yes. For four games. So they yes. have struggled with that position. So maybe the fact they're letting in these goals is down to having a second-rate goalkeeper in there that's not organising that defence as well as someone like Tim Krul would. And let's be honest, Colaccini isn't a Premiership defender anymore either. But maybe no, with no. there's organisation... Yeah. That he has other ways of looking at it, and it does make teams solid. And that's what Chelsea hated him for as well, because of the fact that he did play ball in football with Chelsea. He said, Don't concede, just score the one goal. Happy day. But that's what Newcastle need right now is that solidity. And will they go down? He obviously thinks they will, because he's got a break clause in there to say, If they do go down, I want out of here. If he was confident does in the he? fact that they wouldn't go down, yes. If he didn't, if that clause that's would not be there, he believed they wouldn't go down. He obviously is thinking in his head, this club is going down. And is he going to manage him in the Championship? Not at all. Well, it's a win-win for but, him having that clause in there. Can't blame the guy for but, that. But for him, I think he's on a last chance balloon. We spoke about earlier on with um, Steve McLaren saying he might finish. Rafa Benitez, I think he needs to show a good job that he's doing in the manager's job. He hasn't had a good one for two or three years, has he? He didn't do well in the Palais. He didn't do well at Real Madrid. Now he's in Newcastle. So he needs to show... He is a bit like that, Benitez. If you look throughout his record, he, he's done well and then he's failed at a few clubs and then he's done well and then he's failed at a few clubs. So I think he needs to find the right club for him. And Newcastle really is a 50-50. That could literally go it, it either way. It all depends on... I'd say 20. His, depends on investment, well, it surely. depends how it works. If he stays it depends up. If he's allowed, it depends if he's allowed to run it or if he's another Pardew, McLaren, where he's a yes man for Mike Ashley. Well, apparently they've scrapped that whole setup that they had, and apparently Benitez will be completely in control. Well, the fact How you used apparently that twice that in the same sentence, I'm not like sure. I wonder if Rafa Benitez is on the board. If he's literally replaced Steve McLaren. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Before. Steve McLaren was on the board, so he must have been sat at the board meeting on the Saturday where they decided to sack him on the Monday. <laughs> I heard yeah. he was the deciding vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. get rid of him. He's rubbish. <laughs> yeah, I bet you had a deciding vote on the payoff, Matt, as well. 
give that man a payoff. Whilst we're talking about... That's it, we've done a great job of talking over each other there. Whilst we're talking about teams in the North East, I just want to have a quick mention about Middlesbrough because it's a worry that things have just started to absolutely nosedive. We've won... We were looking good for automatic promotion. Should have been leading the league at a canter. Uh, and there's some kind of bust-up on Friday. So Karanka stormed out of training on the Friday. Apparently turned up on the Saturday morning to take a light training session and was told to go home by the club directors and then wasn't involved for the game today, which, by the way, we lost 2-0 to Charlton. So in the last two weeks, we've lost 1-0 to Rotherham, 2-0 to Charlton, who are second bottom and third bottom in the championship. So it's pretty rotten. Um, the rumours swirling around, it's somewhere in between. There was a, an interview he did where he's alleged to have said something along the lines of he doesn't think that the Middlesbrough players want to get promoted because they're playing so poorly at the moment. And then when he went for the next like team meeting, it all kicked off with players calling him on it. The other flip side is that he didn't want to buy Jordan Rhodes. He actually wanted Ross McCormack. Interestingly, Jordan Rhodes, though, is the nephew or something like that of Steve Agnew, who's our first team coach who took over the game today. So it makes you wonder if there's a link there and that's why we got him instead. But it's saying that he also didn't want to buy Stuart Downing and doesn't like having to deal with the two of them. So depending on what you believe, he's either being forced to play players he didn't want to play and so walked out, then I hugely applaud his integrity, or he's slagged off the whole team and they're all not happy about it and it's all kicked off. So it is a big worry. And do you remember how I was saying about how all I want is for us to get promoted this year so we can get that big payoff in the Premiership? I don't, at the moment, I don't think it's going to happen. A couple of bad games and all of a sudden we're down in fourth, which, yeah, you know, playoffs. That's How did they go last well, year? Well, last year. Yeah, it went really well last year. When we turned up to Wembley an hour before kickoff and then got beaten. Yeah, like I said, you did I after the season of being near that top and then to go in the playoffs must be a demoralising feeling for them players and they must go, oh, here we go, we've got to do this now. And I almost think playoffs favour the team that's down in that last place of the playoffs to come up and battle for it. Yep. It's just a horrible, horrible thing to try and get out of. But the thing I don't understand is why Middlesbrough aren't doing everything possible to keep Karanka happy. Because what such a turnaround, such a change in the team with Karanka at the helm and I'm going to stop rambling about this because the more I talk about it, the more I want to go and cry. Um, it also uh, came out this week that Premier League, is it from next year? Premier League tickets, not that it affects Middlesbrough, the away tickets, away tickets. are going to be capped at £30. Poiser, I know you definitely wanted to talk about that. Yeah, so I want to talk a little bit about this because I've been That's doing a bit of research and listening to some shows about it. And... I'm really intrigued about this maximum £30 ticket because that's the same price as going to watch a home game for Real Madrid and Barcelona. So instead of paying 30 quid in Spain to go and watch Real Madrid at home, you're going to pay 30 quid to go and watch Swansea versus Bournemouth. Great match. Well done. But in terms of why I mean it... <laughs> Surely if you're a fan of Bournemouth, though, you're going to be quite happy. Or Swansea. Would you it's not like it's not like Luton, what we're doing here. I was expecting Barcelona. <laughs> Matt Ritchie or Cristiano Ronaldo. Wrong, took the wrong junction at the M6, mate. Yeah, Madrid it's is not as if, like, five. maybe it's you should have get a choice, is it? Maybe you should have used Stoke as, as an example. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, because they've got some good players now. But what I mean is, so 
And the other way I've been looking at it is, so this max £30 ticket, that's great. That's only for away tickets. So what's going to happen is the home tickets are going to go up in price because they're going to subsidise their away tickets the home tickets. But then what also is going to start happening? No, I think so. If, no, that's, that's, that, I don't think that's going to happen. What I think will happen as well is away tickets will be reduced to the minimum allocation they have to give them under Premier League rules. It will be a case of away tickets will be up in the top corner, shunted up, out of the way, and you will have to have binoculars to watch the game. Because they will go, well, we can actually fit in more home fans now. We're just reduced to the minimum we have to give out. Also, some tickets in the Premier League for away games. So, for instance, if you play, this is no offence to any club, Man United versus Bournemouth. Man United go down to Bournemouth. Jeez, you've got it for Bournemouth today, haven't you? Okay, Aston Villa. They're a rubbish team as well. So (laughs) They won't be in the Premier League next year. No, but that'll be classed as the lowest tier game because you're going from a top team to a lower team at this point in time well, so it's going to be a £23 ticket that instantly now will become a £30 ticket because the clubs will go we can we can charge them 30 quid and it won't look bad so all tickets for away games will go up £30 now I think that's ridiculous to be honest it should be a case of don't increase the tickets I mean I've got a lot of respect for Arsenal on this mess I don't know if you've seen about it but they're actually going to just keep charging what they charge already which is £26 and well, strongly you're charging £20, which is what they've been doing as well. So, and the way I've been looking at it, and it's tickets in general I've been looking at, because a lot of people say about how expensive tickets are, and they are, but actually, are they that expensive? And what <laughs> I on. mean by this hang, is... Hang, hang, wait, wait, pause there. I've been looking at how expensive tickets are, and are they that expensive? Well, they are. <laughs> You've answered okay. your own question in the next Let sentence. Me... Let me, let me put it into perspective. So we say about this, so how much is a night at the theatre? You're looking about £100, £120 for a ticket for a couple hours show. I would say 50 quid for a Premier League football game. I'd say that's pretty good value in comparison. You're going to the cinema. You're spending at least £10 on a ticket to go to the cinema and watch a film in some scabby hole of a cinema. Again, you could spend... 34 quid and go and have a great day out instead of a couple hours in the You're cinema. Right. You can go and have a great day out in a place that isn't scabby with people drinking lots of beer and not shouting sweary words at other adults. Yeah, you're right. But to put it in comparison as well, I had a look at some other ones. So we're saying about £30 is too expensive. Still, people are saying £30 is too expensive to go and watch a Premier League football team. Our local team who I have a lot of respect for in Banbury United, a standard ticket there is £10. We're talking a big quality jump in terms of from Premier League to Banbury United division. So it's going from £30. People are saying it's too expensive, £10. But no fan complains about that. They love paying that. They love going to watch their team. So I just think sometimes people look at it in the wrong way and they're going, oh, we're giving money to these multi-million pound clubs why should we have to do it? We get enough money out of you already. We give you enough money. Well, actually, we give money to multi-million pound corporations all the time. We won't even think about it. We don't go to Tesco's and complain about the fact that we're spending 50 quid in our week and shopping. It's too much money. No, we don't. They're a multi-million pound corporation. Same. So it's a really hard discussion to have with it, and I'm really intrigued to see what you guys think about it. I think, just jumping in to answer first, I think when the news broke that it was going to be capped at £30. There was this outpouring of, that's ridiculous, it should be it should be dropped to £20, rather than someone saying, actually, yeah, that's pretty good. Because 
regardless of whether football fans complain about how much it costs or not, they're still paying it. And for clubs these days, we all know, are businesses. So as those businesses, I can understand why the prices were going up. Because the same fans that would complain about the ticket prices coming down would complain that their team aren't buying the best players they can buy. So surely to buy the best players they can buy, the, the amount of money they get, the club gets from the ticket sales, helps to helps them to fund these big contracts and buy those big players. So football fans can't have their cake and eat it. You can't be saying, that's great that it's been capped, but it should have capped it even more. And also you can't be saying, I want us to be buying these world-class players. Because if the club's having got less money coming in, they're less likely to go and buy those players. I haven't really said if I agree with it being capped or not, because I don't think Middlesbrough will be there. But that's my thoughts on the whole thing. But for you as a Middlesbrough fan, how does it affect the Championship? Because they could go, hmm, they're, they're paying 30 quid, so actually, you know what, we don't need to do that, we can still charge 50 quid. Whereas it should be everyone capped that 30, I think. I but think you'd be so hard-pressed to find an away ticket in the Championship that's 50 quid. I, I agree with you, Honor. I, I, think, I think if you're a football fan and you don't agree with it, then you vote with your wallet and you don't buy the tickets and you don't watch the game. Um, you know, there's plenty of there's plenty of games on TV now. There's plenty of ways to watch to watch games. You know, if you don't agree with it, then then don't then don't go and go and watch it. I think um, I think the ability to go and, and support your club is something of you know it, it's a treat, it's a luxury, or something something that you should do. I think I think sometimes people are a bit a bit too entitled to think. Well, you know, I'll. I've been a fan for X amount of years and, you know, I shouldn't have to pay this amount to go and support the club. Well, you know, football clubs are businesses, like you say, and and if, and if you know, if people don't like it, even when they've lowered the prices to this to this £30 mark, I think, you know, don't, don't go and buy the tickets, don't go and watch the games. Rogers, you know, it's, it's up to you. Well, you don't have to spend the yet. money to go and watch the team. Nice. Rogers? Oh, I disagree. Um, with what? <laughs> I, I, think, uh, I disagree with pretty much what Mez said, and he agreed with you, so I disagree with what you said as well. <laughs> and, and I just going to disagree with Poison because I like disagreeing with Poison. So, in terms of um, the money, um, what you've got to take into account is that it's a work, football was a working class sport, right? So, that's where the fans came from. So when you used to pay however much, I even remember going to see Coventry pay for a pound, right? When it was working class sport, you had the better atmosphere, you had the more, uh, more, high, uh, higher attendance. These days, that's lower because the prices are higher. And the people who are going are the people who don't really care about the club. They're the people who are going, like you say, mate, for a luxury day out. Is that who you want? Is that why the Emirates is so quiet? Because people who are there for a luxury day out, who leave early, rather who get their dinner at half time by the waiters, or is it is that why there's no atmosphere there? Because the proper fans are being priced out of football. And do the proper fans have to be priced out of football? When you compare, if you go to the theatre and you pay £120 for a ticket, that's the only income they're getting. Football clubs get income from not only the ticket sales, but they get income from all of the memorabilia that's sold on the day, and then take into account the billions they make from the TV deal. And that's what I've got to say about that. <laughs> Very well worded. 
Carson, is there an MLS spin on this you can add to us? What ticket pricing is there? Has somebody just fallen down the stairs? <laughs> Matt moves in his chair and... I moved in my speaking chair. <laughs> Carson, talk to myself. Well, I mean, Go on. I, I think the price is fine, honestly. I think £30 is fair for an away game, and that's like $40 US. It's not bad. Um, I, I have a problem more with how you get tickets in the U- in the UK for football games. It was one of the most difficult... The whole reason I visited a couple of years ago, one of the top of things on the list is I wanted to see a game at Stamford Bridge. I want to go see Chelsea play. I've been, I mean, I'm not a new fan yet, but I've been following for the past five years, like, like deeply following them. And, and I, that's one thing I wanted to do, and I wasn't able to because of membership programs and loyalty points and the whole bullcrap hassle of just trying to get a ticket. Do you guys remember when we were over in the States and you guys decided to go to a Sounders game, yeah. you know, just on the fly? You were able to, what, get online, get on a ticket exchange website, get tickets, go to the game? Well, uh, you do that in the UK. It was a bit uh, less okay. scrupulous. Uh, not to get <laughs> the Sounders game, uh, we happened to purchase that from a kind gentleman out of the front of the stadium. Yeah. The Cowboys Dallas game, Cowboys, I, I managed that, to get That was my next point. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, that was, we, we went on StubHub and we bought tickets for like 60 bucks each. It was really fairly priced. The seats were amazing. Um, yeah, and that was, I mean, I, I was told by some people when I was over there not to trust sites like that because it's easy to get scammed. And the same about going to try and buy tickets outside of the stadium where, I mean, these days I, I hear all the time, you know, just go to the stadium and get tickets. I'm like, well, I don't want to get scammed because... I hear that all the time when I, about trying to get football tickets, but there should be a ticket exchange website without with some something to implicate to where they can't just be ridiculously overpriced. But it's incredibly hard for me as an international fan to come over and see a premiership game for the team that I support. Well, Arsenal, I don't know if it's the same with Chelsea or not, but Arsenal do do a ticket exchange where you can... like so. I, you know, like, Arsenal tickets are difficult to get hold of. Um, but I, I can still, for certain games, get them via ticket exchange. And there is a cap and a limit on what people can actually see charge charge you for the seat. In fact, yeah. I think it is actually just the base value of the ticket. You can't, you can't overcharge people. That's the nice. only thing that you obviously need to be able to purchase them is, is the membership. Um, which, which is, which I'll admit, you know, it is, it's it is a, a bit of a model. It's not fair. In the teeth. We we uh, um, in, We managed to get tickets for uh, Hamburg in Germany. Yeah. What we had to do is we had to sign up to become a member, uh, mm-hmm. which was free, and then we were able to buy tickets. So it was ridiculously well, yeah. easy for that. Yeah, we were we were able to do the same thing, Rogers, when when I was there because we got tickets to go see an FA Cup match uh, and and Stoke again in Southampton, which was just like the best, I mean, available thing for us to do with where we were and what we were doing. And, but I still, yeah, I had to like log in and register as a Stoke fan just to like just to get tickets. And it was I don't know, I feel like it's a hassle. I get the point of why it was created in the first place, but I think it's time for that to go away or be overhauled. So I like your I like your phrasing there. Hey, that should just got, go away. <laughs> I've got, I mean, I, I do want to say real quick, the last thing I want to say is that as far as um, an MLS uh, comparison is actually, I think, um, 
tickets for the center section uh, along the sidelines for you know the lower sections for the NFC Dallas game there are upwards of a hundred and twenty dollars sometimes eighty to one hundred twenty dollars so they're pretty expensive to get you know decent you know decent seats but it's uh, I still think it's well worth it the atmosphere is incredible so I, I guess they're actually more expensive than some tickets over there but yeah I don't know I haven't been. <laughs> to make about this because you say about the thing okay, pause it. going this back is to the to be, this is going to have to be the last point on it because time's running off yeah. you say about the membership thing where you have to sign up to be a member you have to pay 35 40 pounds for instance just to be a member to have the opportunity then to buy tickets yeah what other industry does that you don't have to go to the cinema and go here's 50 here's 30 quid I now want to buy a ticket to buy that film. Here's another £10 for that ticket. You don't have to do that for any sports, any exactly. teams that I can think of in America. Just just to jump in, sorry, Honey, one more final point. It is ridiculous because Man United, if you're a season ticket holder at Man United, you have to buy, obviously, the 19 home games, but then every single League Cup, European uh, game, FA Cup game, you have to buy the ticket for, whether you want to go or not. Tuesday night, bury at home. Sorry, mate, you got to buy that ticket. It's yours. And if these teams are trying to create a global brand for themselves, like they all claim to be, and get involved with you know global sponsorships, that is a terrible way to do it by alienating your international and global fans when they want to come and see your product on home turf and they can't get tickets. Shame on you. So essentially, Shame on that, so essentially what we're saying is, just to kind of cap an end to this, is the £30 a ticket we're on the fence about, but in general, the, the whole ticket need, needs an overhaul. Poiser, have you got a story to finish us off this week? No, I forgot to get one, actually. <laughs> that's, the, that's the perfect place to end. <laughs> I, I can have one for you. All right, Rogers, we're listening. I was going to tell you the one thing I was going to tell you about earlier on in the week, because I don't know if anyone saw about so it. So, you've missed your chance, mate. Rogers has jumped in. Mine isn't really an under-the-radar story. It's pretty big news, but the date is March the 13th, and PSG have won the league today. <laughs> does, does, does anyone... So they've won the league today by being uh, just the 25 points clear. Right? <laughs> does anyone know? Does so anyone weird. know how they came to the league win today? Nine nil. Nine nil. <laughs> away. <laughs> well, I how much is the tickets going watching Rogers away? At what point does it become boring to be a PSG fan? The 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 worst thing about that is PSG was created and conceived in what like '97, like. They don't even have, they barely have almost 20 years of history, and they, they're one of the richest clubs in the world. Yeah. Well, they. I don't think, don't think they came around in 1997. <laughs> I think they, they weren't a very big team, but um, they've obviously been given. They, I, I been, probably. Well, okay, well, then another, another, another thing I heard about uh, as far as related is uh, apparently John Terry gave an interview and being, inter- and being injured recently, and uh, apparently Chelsea has a ritual. Before every game, home game, where uh, all the Chelsea players, the starting lineup uses the same urinal before the game, and somebody joked and says, "I hope it's not. I uh, hope it's not Matt Miazga's locker." <laughs> <laughs> so what was that? You say John Terry does that? Uh, he, uh, he he told somebody that that that's the uh, the game rituals. All the starting players use the same urinal before the game. Is that is that so you can check out everyone else and see which person's wifey might have a chance? Of <laughs> oh, well, that's that's where we're going to end. <laughs> I set you up for it. That's where we're end, guys. Don't forget we oh, are at Talking Bollocks talk on Twitter, and we are just Talking Bollocks on Facebook.
Have a nice week, and we will be back for less slanderous things next week.